Welcome to episode number 26 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics, people with PhDs, professors, and graduate students change the world through online business. Helping you, the listener, get started blogging, podcasting, shooting videos so you can build a profitable business and make your dent in the universe. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. Today's episode, we're talking about how to become a profitable science blogger. To do that, we have Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com on the call. Leslie, I want to give you a big welcome to the Grab Blogger podcast. Well, thank you so much, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. So we're going to get into Leslie's story and all his tips for how to become a profitable science blogger, what the science blogger look like. But I want to give a bit of his background for you that may not know. I've been a longtime listener, a longtime follower at Become a Blogger, a longtime listener of Leslie himself. He is the creator of Become a Blogger, a website dedicated to helping people change the world one blog at a time. But uh, what makes him mostly interesting for this podcast is that he's actually a former university professor. He's a passion for education. He founded and later sold Interactive Biology. It's a blog dedicated to making biology fun for students and teachers worldwide. He's also the head of training at Social Media Marketing Society, which is part of socialmediaexaminer.com. He runs the podcast Blogging with Leslie, which I'd really recommend for anyone in their space. So you can see that he has a real passion for changing the world. That goes with our strap line too. But he also has this background of being an educator and actually running and starting science blogs. So I think he's a great fit for this podcast. Leslie, before we got on the call, I was mentioning a big fan of your journey. I was first introduced to you listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast. I think you were episode 48, how a part-time blogger landed his dream job. And we'll get into that because uh, that's a really, a really cool lesson for our audience. Our audience is really academics, people with PhDs, professors, folks that are maybe worried that they're not going to make the tenure track that they're going to have to move in from academia to the real world of industry and not know how to get a job. We're presenting them another way to go. So today's episode, we're going to talk about how to become a science blogger, what you need to know to get started, how to become profitable, how do you monetize your blog, and all these kind of topics. Before we jump into that, Leslie, can you kind of share some of your beginning story and how you even got started online and and what might apply to academics there? Yeah, so it's interesting. I was listening to you introduce the podcast and it's like everything that you were saying is like my journey. <laughs> so it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so back in 2008, I was teaching at a high school, science and math teacher. And the reason I was teaching at that high school was because prior to that, I wanted to become a university professor. I was doing a master's in neurobiology with the plan to go on for a PhD in neurobiology. But while doing the master's, I realized one kind of very important point, and that was that I hated the research. (laughs) And if you know anything about a PhD in neurobiology, you're probably going to do a little bit of research, if not a whole lot of research. So I kind of gave up on that dream, and I started to teach at a, a, a boarding academy. Both my wife and I taught there. And while I was there, I just kind of started stumbling onto different things. You know, you can make money online and so on. And I stumbled into an industry called freebie trading, where you you sign up to these websites, you complete a bunch of offers, you refer friends and so on, and you get a free iPod or a free TV or anything like that. But I found and learned about a system where you could use those sites to actually make some money. So I started using those sites. I got very active on on those kinds of sites. I start I I, then I started learning about blogging and I started a blog called The Freebie Guy. And I kind of got into this whole blogging thing just to teach people about freebies because the way I was doing it at the time, I always had to be out there in forums trying to get people to come to me. 
And I, I learned that blogging was a way for you to create content so that people would find you on the internet. And that sounded fascinated to, fascinating to me. So I started my uh, blog teaching people about freebies and it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah, I love that. So one part that I always, I point people to your, your past website, Interactive Biology, as a, as a lesson that it can be done, that you can be a science blogger and also build a profit. So that's a great background. You're getting started. Where did this whole, you wanted to be a professor, you weren't able to do that uh, because you didn't like research. And my, my degree was in chemical engineering and had a, a ton of research. So I, <laughs> I know the pains and the trials and a lot of our audience will as well. But where did, where did interactive biology come in? And then where did that kind of professorship come in in that story? In the process of learning how to blog and teach people about freebies, I realized that I didn't care about freebies, uh, but I cared more about the blogging. So I started doing, I started teaching more about blogging, but then I thought to myself, okay, I'm learning all this stuff about blogging. I'm making some money online doing it. What if I were to take these same principles and apply it to something that I'm passionate about, something that I really uh, get excited about? And I thought back to wanting to be a university professor, and I said, wait a minute, why not just start a blog and teach exactly what I would be teaching as a university professor? And that's where interactive biology started. It, it was kind of a two-fold two thing. Number one, it allowed me to create content about you know neurobiology and um, physiology and these topics that I was excited about. And number two, I could use that as a case study to show people, hey, look, it's possible. You can actually do this. Um, so I started that biology blog, and it, it grew actually very quickly. And um, opened up a number of opportunities for me. I know we're going to get to some of that. Um, but yeah, sure. Take me wherever you want to go. And I'm happy to a answer questions about that. Yeah, let's, let's dive into that a bit. Because I have, I mean, I have my own story that the listeners will know from dustsafetyscience.com, my, my website that I started during my PhD, building a profitable business from that. And there's, there's no right, you know, there's no one right way to do it. And there's probably a couple wrong ways to do it. But I'd love to hear the story of interactive biology First, you said it got pretty big pretty quick. How big is pretty big? Because I think it probably blows mine out of the water. <laughs> yeah, so it, when I started the blog, I remember the first month, I got 400 people there. And to me, it was like, what in the world? 400 people coming to, 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 to watch my content? And then the next month, it doubled to 800. And then it went to 1,200, 2,000. 4,000, and it just kind of went from there to where I was getting like 100,000 people in one month watching my content, watching my videos, and, and consuming the stuff that I was creating. And, you know, for me, when it was 400, I'm like, man, if I were teaching in a class, the chances of me teaching 400 students at one time in one month are very slim. But here I am in my little basement um, uh, basement office recording these videos and putting them up on YouTube and then putting them on my blog and seeing it grow that way. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, those numbers are, are awesome to see. And there's, there are in our audience, people that are starting, they're science writers, they'll write for other blogs, other magazines, and they're also doing running your own, their own blogs. So what are some tips? Like, how did you, how did that grow were you just the first person talking about biology online or were there some techniques that you did in there? I mean, first of all, you have an amazing voice and you're great on video. So that probably doesn't hurt. So it's interesting because what 
I noticed was that there were a lot of people creating biology content online. So I looked at what people were doing and I asked myself, okay, how can I be a, a bit different? Because when you're dealing with neuroscience and physiology, it can get quite geeky. And what I saw was exactly that. There were a lot of long research articles and complex things about neuroscience and so on. I, I said, you know what? I'm going to go in the exact opposite direction. I'm going to create videos. These videos are going to be very simple. And I'm going to break down neuroscience so that, you know, a little child could understand it. And instead of trying to attack everything in one video, I'm just going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a video that is, what is a neuron? And what is an axon? What's an action potential? And how does this work? Then I'll talk about one phase of the action potential. And that's the entire topic of the video. And what I did was I made it like really simple. I remember I'm showing how the ions are moving across the membrane. And to show that, I, I cut out in paper a bunch of pluses and minuses. And, and I had this line that was showing the membrane. And I'm just like moving these things around. And it's just very, very simple. And I think because of the fact that it was so simple, people really started, you know, when they watch a video, I'd, ha I'd get comments like, man, I've been trying to understand what in the world my professor is saying for the entire semester. And I just watched this video for 10 minutes and now it all makes sense. That's exactly what I was going for. I was trying to break down complicated concepts in a way that anyone can understand it. And because of that, People were actually learning. And when they were learning these complicated topics, they were getting excited and they were telling their classmates about it and they were telling their professors about it and sharing it with everyone. So it just kind of went from there. It's the idea of taking these complicated concepts and breaking them down in simple terms. I love it. And so you mentioned a couple of things I want to highlight there. So early in your freebie trading story, you mentioned if you create content online, people will find you. So if you if you become a content creator, these podcast episodes become a blogger podcast, uh, my dust safety science podcast about industrial safety. If you create content, people will find it as long as it's good material. But there's a couple of things that you highlight here. If everything in the space is really complex and they're doing literature reviews and 5,000 word technical write-ups, you want to be different. In your case, you want really simple and really creative, actually, I think, which probably really helped people resonate with your videos. So you're obviously... I'm very engaging in that side. And I think there's some important things to highlight. We have, again, these people that come from a, a science writer background are writing usually complex topics for magazines and you know popular science and, and whatever they are. But then if you can make it simpler, you may be able to find a real audience that comes to the and say, I never understood that before until you explained it, which is exactly what you're saying. So I love that. I always tell people, especially, you know, if they have an advanced degree, if you have an advanced degree, there's a high barrier to entry when it comes to the stuff that you know. You know things at a very high level. And as a result of that, you've actually reduced the competition significantly. If you're just talking about a topic where, you know, anybody can learn about it in a month or so and then start talking as if they're an expert... There's so much competition there. But when you're dealing with things like neuroscience, industrial safety, or anything where, you know, there's a lot of academics involved in getting that knowledge, 
you have an unfair advantage when it comes to online. And the next thing you're going to find is exactly what I found. A lot of the content online is going to be very complicated. And if you can go over the things that you take for granted because you've been in this field for so long and you could just share some of those simple things and just kind of build from the first to the next to the next to the next, Man, what you have a recipe for success right there. So uh, that is one great way that academics can start creating content and really get traction faster than the average person. You took the words right out of my head and and said them in a better way. <laughs> you have the unfair advantage. Um, that degree on your wall is likely an unfair advantage. The the ability to synthesize information to to take in all this stuff and Will it down to the smallest common denominator that can be easily explainable or digestible? That's a skill that you have because you've done it for four or five, eight or 10 years, depending on how long your degree took. So love it. And, and so, of course, there, there are yeah. things that um, I also did to actually market it and promote it and get it out there. And we can talk about some of that. But just having that core of you are an expert at something and breaking that down in a digestible way really gives you an unfair advantage. So I do want to jump into some other parts of your story, but let's let's do that. Let's talk about how you marketed and maybe how you moved to monetization. You uh, you sold that business as well at one point. Yes, right? I did eventually end up selling it. So um, in terms of the marketing, the blog, the first part is you got to create content and it has to be good content. We're at a stage in you know blogging and so on where there's so much information out there that you can't just put you know mediocre stuff out there and expect it to do very well. You have great content. The next thing I did is I actually started looking for other bloggers in my space that were doing something similar but kind of different. And I remember reaching out to a bunch of different people and say, hey, I love what you're doing. If there's any way I can support you, I would love to do that. By the way, here's something that I'm working on. And I would just kind of throw that in there. And actually, my first boost of traffic, how I was able to get to that 400 point was because there was this other blogger that I emailed her and she saw what I was doing and she wrote a quick post because she loved the content. And that's how I got the first 400. And that's how it kind of it, it, it kind of gave me a little bit of a jump start. And it just kind of went from there. Other bloggers started linking to my content because it was different from the other stuff that they, uh, that they were seeing out there. So that made a huge difference in, the, in, in getting things going. Love it. So... What are the different ways that you, you monetized um, interactive biology throughout its kind of history, besides the sale at the end, which is obviously a, another monetization option? Yeah. So w when I first started monetizing, I was very hesitant because I wanted to find a way to make some money. And I had always heard, you know, that you can make money from ads. And I'd always hated ads that I saw on the Internet. Uh, so I remember one day I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, maybe I should do ads. So I reached out to my audience on Facebook and my email list. And I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking about maybe, but may I'm not sure. Maybe putting a little bit of ads on some of my ads. I was very hesitant about it. And their response actually was surprising to me. They were like, yes, please put ads on your stuff. You are doing such, you know, you're putting so much into this. We want to see you make money. And when they said that, I was like, oh, oh, really? All right. So I put ads everywhere. <laughs> and I started making some money with the blog. I remember I started making a few hundred dollars and then it went up to a few thousand dollars a month 
just from the ads, especially the ads that were in my videos. And that was a good, you know, side income for this high school science and math teacher. Uh, the next thing that I did was I actually, the, the, the videos that I created were based on the notes that I took in college. When I was taking my physiology class, I had extensive notes. So I went, I literally went through my notes and I started with the first topic and I made a video and then I made a next video and so on. So I, I thought to myself, hey, why not take that same content and repurpose it and put it in a different format and sell it? Yeah, it's available for free on my blog, but I, I decided to make an ebook. It was my a human physiology for regular people study guide. <laughs> That's what I called it. And I put it out there and I started selling it for 35 bucks and people started buying it. Uh, so the same content that was avail available for free, just repackaged, people started buying that on a pretty much daily basis. And that was an additional revenue stream that I was able to have from that blog. So those were the two main things that I did um, with my blog. I experimented with some others and some of them did pretty okay. Uh, but those were the two main revenue streams. So this one's a, a little bit selfish of me because I'm I'm going down this road with Dust Safety Science, my my other business. The people involved in my other business don't even know this yet, so this is the first time we'll we'll hear it. It should be live by the time this comes out. But uh, we're going to run a, a digital event, and I'm hoping to get around a thousand people involved in this event with researchers presenting, industry experts, and all this stuff. But did that ever cross your mind as a possible path, either a real like a physical conference or any kind of digital conference as part of interactive biology? For the biology blog, no. For the stuff that I'm doing now, yes. But I could definitely see how that would work in your space. Uh, it's just not something that I, w I had a lot of experience with at the time. It's something that I have a bunch more experience with now. So if I were doing it today and that was my full thing, uh, I could see doing something like that. Yeah. All right. So one last question on interactive biology, and then I, I want to get into, when I was listening to your podcast, I heard this journey as you were kind of the freebie guy and then interactive biology. And I wasn't listening to it in live time. I was listening to it in the future, but I, I listened to that whole journey. Um, and I love it. I want to get through it. One more question on the ads, because it's something that I we do a lot of advertising through Dust Safety Science. Our We don't do Google AdWords. We do direct deals with companies. So uh, we have member companies. They pay a fixed fee every 12 months to be part of the industry directory membership. You mentioned advertising in your videos. Were those kind of automatic um, Google AdWords, or were you doing direct advertising at, at that time? How'd that look? Yeah, so uh, in the beginning, I started with just Google Ads. Uh, and then uh, I, when I reached a certain point, I was uh, approached by a company that worked with bloggers that um, also worked more directly with uh, different companies. And they claimed that if I went with them, I would get more money. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually started to experiment with them and they were 100% right. Uh, I made significantly more money. And what I had noticed is, especially in the beginning, I was making way more money with Google ads. And then that just went down and down and down. And that's when this company approached me because I knew that my traffic was going up, but my earnings were going down and I didn't like that. So they were able to negotiate higher uh, um, pay payments for me. And as a result, my income went right back up. I didn't do it directly through my business, but I went through that advertising network and they were able to negotiate higher deals for me. Yeah, I like that. And it's probably a, a good avenue. I'm not sure what, what those networks are today, but if you have a lot of traffic, it might be one. But I would say like, even if you have a small... So our, when we first monetized 
dust safety science. Back then, it was mydustexplosionresearch.com. We had 250 people in our newsletter, and I sent an email out. I can't remember the amount now. It was something like $300 a month to sponsor that newsletter. So it's a small audience. It's very niche, very specific. And we were able to sign 12 months with different companies in, in literally a couple emails. It was like a no-brainer for them to get in front of that audience. And that's what we've rolled out and grew. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because it's a very targeted audience. So they yeah. definitely want access to those eyeballs, right? So that, that makes perfect sense. I love that. So, okay. At some point, you had given up on the dream of becoming a professor. You started blogging online a couple different topics. Interactive biology grew really well. And at some point, you got a, a letter or a call or something, and, and you ended up being a professor. What, what happened there? Yeah, so I got an invitation to apply to become a professor. But the reason I got it is because they literally said anybody that graduated between this year and that year that meets certain qualifications, just send it out to everyone. So they weren't necessarily looking for me. And when I sent in my application, they saw it and, you know, I didn't have a PhD. Uh, it's, it was for a, a, in a doctor of physical therapy program. I'm not a physical therapist. I have no experience with that. I, I was supposed to be an anatomy professor. I never even took anatomy. <laughs> so everything was working against me. So when they saw my application, they just kind of put it at the bottom of the pile. Like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I made an appointment to go in and meet with the chair of the department. And I went in and I showed him what I was working on. And his mind was blown. And I remember at the, end of, at the beginning of the meeting, he was kind of sitting back, kind of like, okay, so why are you here? And then I said, I just want to show you some of the things that I'm working on. And I showed it to him, and he was so excited. He took me around to meet everyone in the committee that's making the decision. And he said, I just want you to have a face to put with a name. And yet I felt like he was walking around with his proud <laughs> son, uh, his son that he was so proud of. That's the way he, he, he was introducing me to all these people. Make a long story short, I applied for the job. I did my interview and the interview, I told them I'm not qualified for this job, um, but I'm excited about the potential opportunity. And this is the kind of stuff that I want to bring to what you guys are doing. And because they saw that I was doing something different, they had like 30 applicants, um, but I was different from all of the others because I had a blog and I had videos and I had content online and it looked good. And, and it was helping people all over the world, they decided to take a chance on me. So yeah, they gave me the job. And how long were you um, working with, with those? With yeah, so I did it for three years and I absolutely loved it. I really couldn't complain about anything where that job was concerned because it was my dream job. The only thing I could complain about is the fact that I had absolutely no time for anything else because I'm working full time at this job, which is a very high level job, at least for me. I, I'm learning stuff and teaching it the same day or the next day. <laughs> They were paying for me to do a PhD. I'm running my online business. My wife and I had our first child, our son, and I had no time to be around and it wasn't working. So my wife and I made a decision. I was going to leave my job uh, so that I could do this blogging thing full time. So yeah, let's, so that's a, a great story. I love that. And um, anyone that wants to hear Leslie's amazing wife's voice, uh, just check out his podcast. She does the, the intro. You guys are, are both actually singers, I believe, or maybe you play the piano or an instrument. Yeah, I play the piano and she yeah. sings the, 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 the 888 call-in number on my podcast. I think you could hear it if I do um, this. 888 There you go. 
It's it's so catchy. I remember listening to it, and every time I'd hear it, I, your your ears perk up. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I want to move on to become a blogger. What that is today. So the I think the question to start with is there's there's a lot of information out there. If you type in I want to get started online, or I want to be an online marketer, or I want to start a blog, or um, and a lot of it's misinformation. A lot of it is people that failed at creating a blog now selling tools about creating blogs sometimes. Um, and I, I know you're heavily into the space. You're helping a lot of people with your community, with your podcast. Um, what does someone need to know today uh, to to get started online? And we'll keep it in the world of this kind of science blogging because I know that will resonate with a lot of our audience. Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is you, you want to do some basic research, kind of like what I did. And, and actually, just like what I did, look to see what's out there. Uh, I remember I had a spreadsheet of like 86 different sites that I was analyzing. I was just checking to see, hey, what, what do they have in common? What are they missing? And how could I be different? Because it's that difference that makes the difference. That's kind of redundant, but you get the point. <laughs> but just thinking about what could I bring that's just slightly different? Or maybe who can I target so that it makes this a little bit unique? I wasn't just targeting biology students because there are biology students at all kinds of different levels. And what I was targeting was upper level biology students in university that are taking classes like physiology. Now, that's very specific. If you're that person and you've, you've stumbled onto my content, you know that that content is for you. That's exactly what you want. I think, uh, not I think, a lot of times when people are getting started in blogging, they want to just tackle this big topic. No, start as specific as you can. And then over time, you can grow from there. That's the first thing that I want to point out. The second thing that I want to point out is don't just think about, you know, when people think about blogs, they think about someone is writing content. My blog was hardly anything written. It was more the videos that I was creating that I was putting on my blog and sharing that with the rest of the world. Now, I did have transcripts of the videos uh, that I paid someone to, to do because I know that the search engines are going to do a better job at indexing written content. So I would have that there for that purpose. But I focused on video. We live in a world where there's video, video platforms like YouTube. We live in a world where there's social media. And, and it, 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 it's becoming more about building a community as opposed to just creating content online, right? So you want to think from the perspective of how can I build a community around this specific topic in this specific niche, and the more you can focus on things like that, the, 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 more, the better a chance you're going to have of actually standing out from all the noise that's out there. Yeah, I love it. I, I noted down a couple points there. So the, the Coles note version is do some research. And if you go back to episode 19 of the podcast with, uh, with Pat Flynn, we talked about Will It Fly? And, and that's a great book for understanding the process of doing market research. I encourage anyone who's trying to get started to, to check that out. So do some research, be different. And that's where you were really successful with um, interactive biology. Be specific. So pick a specific subset or focus in. Everyone wants to be really general and it almost never works. <laughs> the, the, people that are, the people that are very specific do really well. My, I mentioned dustsafetyscience.com a couple of times. The listeners will be familiar. It's not even industrial safety. It's explosion safety. It's not even explosion safety. It is explosion safety involving solid particulate matter. So not gas explosions, not liquids only dust explosions. 
I thought there's only 500 people in the world that cared. There is, and they care a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly where, you know, academics have that unfair advantage, especially, you know, if you have a PhD, you, you focused on something very, very specific. And you may think, just like you said just now, well, there are not that many people that are interested in, the, in this particular topic. It's such a, a narrow niche. Start there. Start there and gain traction there because the people that are interested in that are very interested in that. And then as your audience grows and as you've covered more of that content, you can actually start expanding. I focus on physiology. First, I focus on the nervous, the physiology of the nervous system. And then I add it on. I went to the cardiovascular system. Then I went to the, the other systems in the body and expanded from there. Eventually, I moved on from the physiology and I started adding some anatomy. There's anatomy and physiology, but I started with a specific aspect of physiology and then expanded to uh, more of the, uh, the anatomy content. Yeah, so important. So important. Um, start specific. There's no one stopping you saying you can't go more general later, but it's really hard to go from a general audience to a specific one because you got to start cutting off parts of your audience. Exactly. The last two points I'll, I'll put on that is create the type of content you love. So I wrote for a long time. I'm a terrible blog writer. I'm a, I'm a good academic writer. I can write a textbook and papers and stuff, but I'm, not, I'm pretty verbose. Um, but I love podcasts. I love talking. I love doing video. That's my content medium. And we have a team to help us that does safety science to do the writing. And it's not a small amount. We did 500 posts last year um, on, on explosions and fire incidents from having a systematic process in place. And, and we review them. And there's whole, we've talked about that on the podcast before. But my strength is not writing. <laughs> I slow as anything. I won't swear on the podcast. Um, and so my strength, find your strength and then start to build a community. It's use words like we not you do what the community wants, not what you want. And um, always be trying to ask, where can I help? Where can I have value? What are you struggling with? If you're thinking in six months from now, I'm going to create this amazing course that everyone's going to love and it's X, Y, Z, and you haven't actually asked anybody if they want that course, you're, you, you might need to switch your thinking and design something that's going to going to fit your community. So I think we're coming around full circle. We now have a blog. We're, we have, we're a science blogger. We have a blog. It's up and running. It's amazing. What are kind of the first things people might be looking at for monetization of that blog? We talked about some, some options from your side with interactive biology. We talked about some options that I've done. What are some other things that people might consider? Yeah, so one of my favorite ways of making money, especially when you're getting started, is by doing some affiliate marketing. In other words, uh, there are companies online right now that are selling a whole bunch of stuff in all kinds of industries. You'd be surprised at the industries um, that have affiliate programs. Well, you can sign up as an affiliate for that company and they will give you an affiliate link. And when you use that link, if someone clicks on that link and they make a purchase, you get a commission. It is beautiful. And here's why it's beautiful. Because you don't have to make the product. You don't have to provide the service. You don't have to deal with the customer support and, and any refunds and that kind of stuff. No, you have these other companies that are fully taking advantage of it. But what you can do in this process is you can start learning how to sell to your audience, how to market stuff to them. And, and, and you could test out different ways of doing that and see what your, you can get to know what your audience responds to and what they're willing to buy. I think that is a great place to start when it comes to making money with your blog. That's the one that I tell most people to get started with. 
this is good and bad, but you don't need to get over the the fear of selling because you're not selling your own stuff, but it allows you to start. It's like a micro step. It is right. Because the selling, first of all, selling for some people is a little bit of a challenge, right? But then you add the fact that now you're not just selling, but you're selling online and it's probably not something that you've ever done. So this is taking that one step. You can sell without having to go through the process of creating products and all that stuff. Totally agree. And I, I grabbed off my shelf here. I got a, the textbook in today. So I wrote a book chapter for a dust explosion textbook. There's 13 authors. And you can imagine that we have an affiliate link with it's through CJ Affiliates. And we were promoting on that, encouraging people to buy the book. I don't get any royalties from this book, unfortunately. Um, I will the one I published myself, maybe. But uh, that's, you know, if you go to CJ Affiliates or Amazon, you can get a, you get started with affiliate marketing pretty quick. And it's a good way to, like I said, I encourage people to go beyond that throughout their career when they're building a profitable business. But it's a great place to get started. I, I remember when I was um, building my, my biology blog, I said, hey, you know what? Let, let's experiment with affiliate marketing. And um, this was early in my career. And I found that there was a, 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 physio- a human, human anatomy and physiology course that had an affiliate program. Well, that was perfect. So I had a small email list at the time. I don't remember exactly how big it was. But I remember sending out one email talking about it. And that one email made me 200 bucks. That to me was awesome uh, because I didn't have to do anything. But that was the, at that point, that was the most profitable email I had ever sent. <laughs> it, it just, it, it was such an easy process because it was related to my audience. It's something that they'd be interested in. And all it took was me writing a few lines and sending it out. And that worked very well. All right. I, I love it. Those are a ton of tips and hints and people will be, I think their head will be rattling around. If you're not taking notes right now, you, you should have been, but you can get them at the at the show notes at grablogger.com slash 26. Maybe the last place to end on is we mentioned your success story. The listeners will know my story, um, which I hate calling it success, but my my story that has worked so far for me. From your experience, your work, maybe work become a blogger, anyone kind of community there, do you have any success stories from others in a similar field? Um, They don't have to have a PhD, but in, in say, a technical field or scientific field of, of starting something online. Yeah, so um, I, I have uh, two friends, actually, that I met while growing mine. Um, there's one guy that focuses on people that are studying to go to medical school. And they're trying to learn about the interviewing process. They're trying to learn about, um, you know, passing their, their uh, MCATs and so on. And he specializes in helping them get into medical school. He, w- he is a former physician that gave up his practice and now is doing this full time. And then I have another friend who has an organic chemistry blog. And she's actually the person that I sold my biology blog to because she started going into MCAT. So, uh, and she's very successful with her. She has coaching programs and where she'd get a bunch of uh, organic chemistry students together and uh, online, like on a Zoom call. And she would help them with their organic chemistry. She has courses and so on. And it's just fascinating to see how because it's so niche, they were able to grow so quickly and do it so well. Like I said, we, we have an unfair advantage and I wish more people would see it. It gave me an unfair advantage when it came to landing a job. 
and it gives you an unfair advantage when it comes to growing an audience. So there, there are so many examples of people that are doing that kind of stuff. It works if you do it the right way. So there, there you have it. So we have biology and neuroscience. We have dust explosions, um, medical school prep, and organic chemistry. Um, if, you think, if you think your topic doesn't apply, we, we, we probably can't help you. <laughs> but if you think it might help, then continue listening to, to my podcast, grabblogger.com. Definitely check out becomeablogger.com and blogging with Leslie podcast to learn how to you know, continue through your journey with this. Um, Leslie, I really appreciate your time. I love what you're doing. Keep helping change the world. That's, that's part of our tagline too. And it's no coincidence that after many years of listening to you and then picking you back up recently and, and that we get a chance to talk here today. So the listeners, where's the best spot for them to find out about you, your work, um, become a blogger and, and, and your podcast? And your work? Where should they go to get the next steps for, for Leslie Samuel? Definitely. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I hope your audience got a ton of value from this. And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, man, this was awesome and I want more, whatever app you're using right now to listen to this, just when this is done, go out and search for Blogging with Leslie and subscribe to that podcast. That's the best way for us to stay connected. And you're going to get tons of more valuable content when it comes to starting and growing a blog and being successful online. Change Changing the world one blog at a time. Thank you so much, Leslie. And, and I'm looking forward to hopefully getting you back on the show at some point in the future. Awesome. Thank you. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com and the Blogging with Leslie podcast. And we were talking about how to become a profitable science blogger. It's um, been a great topic. We had a lot of great discussion. We talked about, we hit on a bunch of times, but your, your degree, your knowledge, your experience, that is your unfair advantage. The rest of the world doesn't have that. You've heard me say this before. You go to online marketing, type in, become a blogger and all that. You're going to find things like you don't need to be an expert to, to build an online blog, to build an online business. And that's great. But what if you were an expert? What kind of change could you put in the world if you were the expert, if you could rile people up behind causes that really need it today? So that's the first thing. It's un, that's your unfair advantage. We went through Leslie's story, interactive biology, great story. Do me a favor and go to the Blog with Leslie podcast. Go to the, the early days. Listen through that and you'll be aspired to build a, a science blog um, and certainly listen to the, the new ones on that as well. We talked about how he became a professor through this, some of the successes in his life because he put himself out there, because he created this content, because he built this website out um, and subsequent websites. We have some tips on how to become a blogger, do some research, be different, be specific. Make sure you pick the content medium. Well, you don't have to start with the content medium that you like, but eventually you should probably migrate to the mediums that you're good at. And we talked about how to go about monetizing and building a profitable business. And I've talked about this before, but I call it the, the map to building your, your grab blog, mission, um, authority, and profit. So create a mission, create a goal, create what you want to do in the world, create the best content in the world, get in front of the most people, create authority, and build a profitable business. And you can use that like a laser to, to focus on the change that you want. So I appreciate everyone listening to the Grab Blogger podcast. I'm so excited to continue bringing these these experts from around the world of social media, around the world from blogging, from creating online content to really continue to grow academics and be able to, to facilitate the change that we can put into the world. So hope you have a great week ahead. I'm really forward to talking to you next week on the Grab Blogger podcast. 